Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah 60, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God himself is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick, gross darkness all the people. But God will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on to the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall be thrilled and exult, because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, and the wealth of the nation shall come to you. Yes. So I'd like everyone to just close your eyes right now. So the Bible says that God is near to all his people. And I know that we've all had experiences, we've all had encounters, we've all had moments where God made himself real to us. And God is that real today. Maybe when you got saved, it was amazing for, for a month, for two months, for a week. But then somehow life came back and you just lost that, that, that sweet presence. You walked away from the simplicity of the gospel, which is truly found in Christ Jesus, in the presence of Jesus. So right now, I'm just going to ask, we're just going to take a moment of silence. We're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and... Um, because I believe during worship, I felt in my heart very strongly that many people here for, for years have, and even weeks for some of you, but you guys have been dealing with issues your whole life. Many of you issues for far too long. The Bible says by His stripes we are healed. Yes. You don't have to wait a day longer. I'm telling you today is your day. The Bible says He will destroy the yoke on your behalf. Yes. I'm telling you, you don't have to go one more day with the yoke. You don't have to go one more day with darkness. I don't care what it is what you've been facing, but my God is here today. So that same God you met the day you got born again. Amen. Whether it was years ago, whether it was months ago, whether for some of you it was only two, three weeks ago, but He is here, and He is willing to do all He's promised for you now. But you can't look to anything else, you only look to Him. So we're just going to take a moment. And even throughout the preaching of this message, if you have any problems with your bodies, again, it's been far too long. I know some of you personally have heard testimony stories, concussions, um, different accidents that have left you with disabilities. Allow God, as I, as I preach, and as He moves, allow Him. You, you're probably going to start feeling some kind of heat in your body. You're probably going to feel just His presence, and that's God working on you. You don't have to wait until the altar call to receive. You don't have to wait because he's here, he is in you, and he is more than willing to do that which he's promised. So Father, I thank you for this day, I thank you for these people, and Lord, I thank you that you show yourself mighty on their behalf, in Jesus' mighty name. Thessalonians 5, and we're going to begin at verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept perfect and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has called you to be, who called you is faithful, and he will surely do it. 
So today I'm talking about salvation. Uh, it's a very simple message. But many people have missed what it means to be born again, what it means to be saved. So I'm going to take you through uh, everything Jesus did. My first point, salvation is all-inclusive. So Jesus wore the crown of thorns so that your mind, your soul, your will, your emotions, everything that, that has to do with your intellect could be delivered and could be free. Jesus, the Bible says, was made poor so that by his poverty we could be made rich. He could provide all our needs because he chose to go with that on our behalf. The Bible also says Jesus took stripes upon his back on the tree, the first tree, the whipping post. He was beat beyond description so that your body, every part of your body, every organ, every cell could be saved. That not just healed when a problem comes up, but saved, kept from sickness. God doesn't, it's not normal for a Christian to go to heaven saved. You can come to Jesus sick, he'll heal you. But no Christian should die of sickness. No Christian should die sick because Jesus saved you. And that means your body healed, whole, complete. And then lastly, he shed his blood for you on the cross so that that sin nature, that curse that Adam put on all of mankind could be destroyed. Not, not dealt with in the sense of you're working on. Not, not managed in the sense that now you have more power to overcome, but you're just a sinner, you're just, you're just going to struggle with addiction your whole life. No, he paid that price so that once and for all, the power of sin could be destroyed as far as you're concerned. You don't have to deal with darkness anymore. Amen. You don't have to deal with, with, with sickness anymore. I'm telling you, today is the day. And, and God doesn't, doesn't want it to be a long, drawn-out process. Many people say it like it's a journey, or it's a this, or it's a that. But I'm here to tell you, everyone who came to Jesus, Amen. He didn't say, take a month, take a yeah. year, right. take, take a, a, this path. No, He said, Amen. okay, you came to me, instantly yeah. I'm going to make you whole. Yeah. Every part of you, the sinner on the tree, the thief. He didn't say, okay, we'll sanctify yourself, and, and then we'll be okay. He said, no. You, you came to me, you humbled yourself, today, even today, you'll be with me in paradise. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's the kind of God that people in the world are looking for. I got very upset the other day because I was driving near um, uh, where we live, and I saw a big sign advertising a psychic. And it was packed. There's more cars in front of that than in front of our church. And I, I thought to myself, if the world is so willing and eager to run, and they had to pay, mind you. They had a door fee. They were willing to go, probably 30, 40, 50 bucks to go, and here's some fake, godless woman tell them about their future, about their past, but the church, we have dropped the ball. We have made it far too complicated for people to be saved, spirit, soul, and body. I believe that the day is coming where when people walk into the church, it's going to be done. Every need will be met, including like, Terry was saying, financial. We have the answers mankind is looking for. So I, I want to, many people don't know that in the law, well, she, she did a very good job actually. There are spiritual laws, same as gravity, same as force and momentum, same as, as all those laws in nature. God has laws. And there are two laws that govern your future. 
the blessing and the curse. You're, on, you're under one or the two. And the reason many people suffer with sickness is because though they, they've come to Jesus to save their soul, they, they haven't come to Jesus to deliver them from that, that Adamic curse of, of sickness. It's a curse. If you read in Deuteronomy 28, the Bible says, it, it always lists up physical struggles, financial problems, and shame, which comes from, from being of a person of no importance, is all linked to the curse. But healing, provision, prosperity, and really success on earth and union with God is all linked and only found in the blessing. And many people come to God to save their, their, their soul, but they don't realize that, that same God who forgave you of your sins, that same moment, the same power and the same faith, the simple faith that took you to come to Him as, as Savior, you can also receive Him as healer Amen. for the rest of your days. You don't have to have another headache ever again. You don't ever have to deal with what the world deals with. Why? The world is under a curse. Hmm. It's okay for them to have headaches, migraines, chronic pain, asthma. It's okay for them to have uh, problems when they get old. They're cursed. The Bible says Moses, his eyes didn't even grow dim. So there's a big difference, and we have to catch it as a people if we want to represent Jesus well. We can't, we can't live like the world, we can't think like the world, and we can't be like them. To come out from among them and be ye separate isn't only talking about don't sin. It, it also means don't rely on yourself. I'm your provider. Don't rely on the hospitals. I'm your healer. There's a day coming very soon where churches are going to be more packed out than hospitals. Why? Because oh, we're going to catch the revelation that we have what they don't have. We have God in us. So God doesn't just want your heart. He wants all of you. He paid for all of you. Or else he didn't have to wear that crown of thorns. He didn't have to be ripped to pieces on his back. He didn't have to be poor. He could have just come rich, died on a cross, and wow, yay, let's all go to heaven. No. But that's what the church has made it. And that's not what it is. So Isaiah 45, 40 and verse 5 and Luke 3, 6, they say the exact same thing. Jesus. Um, sorry, John the Baptist was quoting the Old Testament. He said, And the glory or salvation of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh, which if you look it up, it can mean people, but it also means your physical body, shall see it. All flesh will see the salvation of the Lord, because the mouth of God has spoken it. And then Job 2.28, And it shall come to pass in the last days, that God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, not just in your heart, we have a religion of, oh, I have Jesus in my heart. We sing songs about it in Sunday school. In my heart, in my heart. But no, God doesn't just want to live in your heart. He wants to sit on the throne of your mind. He wants to live in every cell of your flesh. And I'm going to prove it from the Bible. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost, again, not comes in you, comes upon you. They were already born again. Jesus breathed on them, and they received that breath of life. But he said, you have no power now, really. You only receive power when I come upon you, upon your flesh, the presence of God, right? And only once I come upon you, will, do you have any right to be a witness. 
Before God comes upon you, you can witness, but it's not going to produce anything. Mm. It's going to produce churches like we have all around today. Yeah. Dead churches that people don't go to when they have issues. And then we have Acts 2-3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat within them. No, the Bible is so clear. Once again, it sat upon them. God's not just interested in your heart. He, he wants the whole being. He, he, doesn't, he cares greatly about your flesh. The Bible says that all flesh will rejoice in His presence. You can't rejoice with sickness. You can't serve God fully with sickness. You can't, you can't, if you come to a sick person and they're hallucinating and they can barely make up their mind, they're so drugged up on, on morphine, they can't even properly receive Jesus. They, they might not even be coherent. God hates sickness, guys. And it's, it's, it's not something you have to put up with. It's not something you have to go another day with. It, it can end today. So I'll give you examples from the Bible. So we have Moses. So Moses, he, he communed with God, face to face with God, on multiple occasions. And it says when he came down from Mount Sinai, they didn't see Jesus in his heart. It said even his clothes radiated the glory of God. All flesh will see, Isaiah 60, the glory of God. Mm. It can be seen upon you. It can be felt upon you. Then we have Elisha. Even after he had died, his bones were able to raise a man from the dead. Mm. There was no faith involved. No faith whatsoever. And I I feel we often make it a faith matter, but really I don't believe it. It's, It's faith. Those men who threw the body into that grave had no faith. They were actually in fear. They were like, oh my goodness, the enemy's coming. Let's quickly throw this body in and get out of here. But because God was found upon the bones of Elijah, the anointing, God in him, but also upon him, his flesh, his bones, his marrow, that man came back to life effortlessly. And that's how it has to be with us. Anything that's dying in your life has no right to be there. Anything unfruitful in your life has no right to be there. Many people have been dealing far too long with, with, with oppression. It doesn't, you don't have to live with that, with that constant problem after problem after problem. It, you're, you're born of God, you're born of light, and you overcome that. And, and it's not a matter of an open door, it's not a matter of, of what did I do wrong. You just have to realize, God lives in me. I'm under the blessing of God, and, and I don't care what witch doctor, I don't care what, 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 what witchcraft, what Wicca, what, whatever you want to call it, it has no ability to touch me, Amen. it can't touch my family, I'm completely free from it, and, and you, you put your foot down and you get mad at it, you don't allow it to, to steal your sleep, you don't allow it to steal your time. You, you literally make war on it. What? How? The presence of God. You put on God. You refuse to associate with any darkness. And that, that includes poverty. That includes Amen. sickness. That includes Amen. just mental fog. All these weights that come upon you, our job as believers is to rest in God. And He will, he will rip those off of you in a moment. In Jesus' name. Then we also have Jesus before He ascended. So He, he had not... Jesus came as a man in perfect relationship with God. He was God, but he stripped himself of his deity. So, before he ascended and reclaimed his glory, reclaimed his his God-likeness, on the Mount of Transfiguration, he, he, he got taken up 
the, the Spirit of God came upon him so strong that he literally was floating, and again, he was beaming with pure light. Jesus was never sick during his ministry. He never laughed. He wasn't rich, but that, that wasn't why he came either way. But whatever he needed and whatever people around him needed, he gave it to them effortlessly. I have to feed 3,000 men, probably around 9,000, 10,000 people total. Okay, look up. And here you go. Jesus was never, never caught off guard. He never was caught. It, it was, you can never jam him, and so it is with us. We're born of God. We, we, are, we as well are pure light on the inside. Darkness has no right to touch you. So he, he, he gets the Holy Spirit upon him in such a way that his disciples wanted to build a church there. They wanted to build a monument. They, they, they were so like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Let, let's stay here forever. And Jesus said, no, that, this is not why I have come. But again, there, Jesus, again, he showed. Man can receive God, not only in your heart, but also in your flesh, the anointing, and you can transmit it. And we've all experienced that to certain degrees. And then we also have, because um, a lot of people will say, well, that's the Bible. What about now? Well, my mom's grandparents, they came from Hungary before World War I. And he was a drunk. He used to beat uh, my, her grandmother. He, he was a terrible man. Until one day, they, they got born again. And that's a testimony in and of itself. But from that day on, they would pray over cloths, and they would send them back to Hungary, and people would be healed. These were not ministers. They did not go to Bible school. They just understood there's power in us. And that's what we have to catch a revelation of. Sickness can't stay. Migraines can't stay. Oppression on your family. Anything that's been blocking the, the, the progression of your family, anything that's been trying to, to destroy that destiny, it's, it has no power, and, and we're going to pray at the end. And any, Because here's the thing. If you don't understand that, that the curse is broken over your life, the only way the devil can put sickness on you, the only way the devil can come and oppress you, is, is he tries to latch on to you because, because you haven't fully received that salvation of God. You haven't, you haven't walked in it like you should, like you can. But... It's just a moment. It's not a long process. It's not weeks and months. The day you purpose in your heart, no, God, you are the God of my flesh. No, God, you are the God of my family. And you refuse to budge. The enemy loses his grip. And legally, he has no right to touch you. He, he physically can't. He can't. The, the Hebrew boys in the fire. The fire could not touch them. It, it was there. Every, the, the guards open the door to throw them in. They get destroyed. But these men who are in right relationship with God, who were under the blessing of God, who were in covenant with God, Amen. they were untouchable. Yeah. So the day you realize that, that, that I, am, I am, there is nothing in, in me, there is nothing upon me, there is nothing about me that, that the enemy can, can grip, the enemy can touch, the enemy can latch on to Whatever the enemy throws at you will just roll off your back like water. Amen. So yeah, they would send um, cloths all over the place and people would get healed. You look at John G. Lake. People would, would grab his leaflets that they would pray over. Not even John G. Lake. People in his congregation. Because we always have this 
rotten mentality that, oh, it was only Jesus or only these special men. No, it's all of us, guys. Amen. And the day we catch that is the day Isaiah 60 will come to pass. Yeah. People will come to you. He wasn't talking about ministers. He was talking about his people, yeah. Mount Zion, his people, his children. But people would grab their leaflets that John G. Lake would send out, their newsletters, and they would begin to shake and get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they understood God's not just in my heart. God is upon my flesh, and whatever I touch, God comes upon. And again, people have a hard time believing that, but look at Paul. He would be working, making tents. He was a tent maker as well as a minister, an apostle. He would wipe the sweat off his brow. People would take those, those garments, take those napkins, take those whatever you want to call it, lay it on sick people. They weren't praying over the cloth, they just, he just wiped it. Lay it on a sick person, instantly they're healed. Amen. Peter, these are, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said greater works. Peter's walking by, he's not walking and like God's going to heal everyone. He's not trying to do anything. Because the Bible says the flesh profits nothing anyway. You can't work it up. He just understood yeah. God is in me. God's Amen. upon me. Yes. He had that experience. God came upon him in the upper room. He's walking and his shadow is healing people so much that they're running to get other sick people. Amen. Throwing them in front of him. And as he walks by, they're getting healed. It's not, it's not a great faith problem. Jesus said with a faith the size of a mustard seed, you can destroy any mountain. Amen. Why? What are you putting faith in? Are you putting faith in faith? I hope not. Are you putting faith in your prayers? Mm. I hope not. If you look in the Bible, some of the most powerful moves of God, some of the most powerful miracles, even in the Old Testament, the prayer was like three sentences. It's, you can't put faith in your prayer. The only thing you can put faith in is the presence and person of God. Amen. The Holy Spirit. The God that comes upon you. The God that lives within you. So Peter's shadow easily healed people. Why? God was upon him. God was upon him. Amen. God is upon you guys. When you go to work, God is upon you. I saw lamps grow at work. I, I wasn't in great faith. But the anointing of God is upon me. And when I pray... The anointing does what it, it does. I, last night I was spending time with the Lord before I went to bed. And the thought hit me that we really don't believe God loves us. And secondly, we really don't believe God loves people. Because when we come to pray for someone, even I have to get out of this mindset. When I come to, to minister, I feel a massive pressure that God, if people don't get healed, it's a failure. God, if you don't move, it's a failure. And then you always hear in, in prayer meetings, begging God to move, begging God to do what he's already said he, he'd do. And you, if, if you think of it logically, if you've ever loved someone, there is nothing you wouldn't do for that person. Nothing. You would, you would give your life for them. He's already done that. He's given us his word full of promises. But now we always feel like we have to add. We have to add. We have to add. Oh, Jesus, you could heal people. If only I would believe better. If only I would pray more. If only I would fast more. And you, it's all about you. You completely bypass Jesus. Mm -hmm. And now you're praying for people. It's hit and miss. Not much is happening. 
So now, oh, I'm going to do more, going to do more, going to study more, go to more prayer meetings, go to, go to more Bible studies. And you keep adding and adding and adding onto what Jesus did, but it's not doing anything. Because if it was, churches would be packed. Mm. Why? Every church has prayer meetings. Most of them have Bible studies. Most, most of them do all these things. They're always adding to what Jesus has done. But if you look in the Old Testament, when they're bringing the Ark of God, the presence of God, back into the city, before they got there, they, they stumbled a little bit, and a man went to touch it to help steady it. And God killed him. Why? Because God said, you can't help me do what I do. Mm. You can't get it. You are getting in the way of me being God. Do you think me being God will allow myself to fall on the floor? Do you think me being God will allow my people to die of sickness? Why are you driving to this person's house to go heal them and stressed out of your mind and hoping God will heal them and quoting every scripture you know? Why are you trying to add to what's already been given and already been done? Mm. But we do it all the time, and that's why the church has no power, because it's full of us and void of God. Mm. So the Holy Spirit coming upon your life, coming upon you, I guarantee you, without any effort of your own self, just simple faith will mark the end of Amen. whatever struggle you've been living with. Amen. Guaranteed. There's no, no other way to do it. Christianity is not a 30-day money-back guarantee. Either you believe or you don't. Yeah. Come on. Either you're willing to die for your faith or you're not. Mm. But God doesn't waver in between, and that's all faith is. God, I refuse to look at the natural. I trust in Amen. And faith sometimes can also be shutting up. You prayed about it? Don't don't pray more. Don't don't feel the need to remind him and, and beg him more. And, and that, that all shows insecurity and it shows lack of relationship. Yeah. Jesus prayed about Gethsemane. In Gethsemane, he prayed three times because he, he knew he was about to get separated from the presence of God, and it broke his heart. Mm. He wasn't afraid of death. He had already prophesied, I'll raise up the temple in three days. He was stark terrified to be separated from yeah. the presence of God. Wow. And that's a lesson for the church. Mm. But he prayed three times, Lord, if not my will, but yours be done. And that shows, again, his will at that moment, though his will was good, not wanting any separation with him and God, was against the will of the Father. The Father said, no, I want to be separated so that I can be joined to all men. Amen. And he prayed only three times. Got the same answer, done. He didn't have to pray about it a lot. Why? Because he had a relationship. He knew what he had. He realized that, that he was born of God and he, he was full of God. Jesus, when he was walking, people would grab his hem, the hem of his garment, and they would be healed. He'd lay his hand on their hand. Peter's mom, mother-in-law came up. Again, it wasn't a prayer of faith. He, he had faith in God. He had faith in the Holy Spirit that was upon him. Amen. So faith is coming to Jesus and receiving from him. Void of your efforts, void of your, your, your what you think is a good enough prayer, what you think is a, a good enough uh, devotional way. No, it's coming to Jesus only for what He has done and that alone. And obviously, in your Christian walk, there's obedience. But again, you're only being obedient because He's done it first. You're only lining yourself up because in relationship, you want to please the other person. John 6, 37 says, All the Father gives me shall come to me. 
and him who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And that's as simple as it gets. You don't have to come with, with a million prayers. You don't have to come with, with begging. You don't have to come like in your own efforts. All you have to do is come. And I know many people in this room today, you, you've been dealing with things, like I said at the beginning, for far too long. And I'm telling you today, if you simply come to Jesus, and in faith, knowing that you're not coming to man, you're only coming again to Him, nothing of yourself included, you don't bring anything of yourself, none of your own goodness, if you simply come to God today, I guarantee you, those issues in your life are going to dissolve. Amen. And I believe many, some of you might want to start checking your bodies and stuff because God, God's not, not a loser. He's not slack. He, what He says He will do, He will do. But we have to get out of His way. We have to allow Him to be God for us. Stop praying so hard about about trying to figure out the right prayer, the right formula for this situation, and just come to God. So that's that's going to be my invitation with every eye closed. I know everybody in here is a born-again believer. And as I, I said, born-again also includes your body. Your body is saved from sickness, from the curse. Your family is saved from the curse. No darkness can come upon you. You're too precious to God. He loves you too much. He loves you so much that as I pray for you, He'll bypass me and get to you because it has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with my hands. Nothing to do with anything I have or anything I've done. I refuse to be that proud to say I can limit God. I refuse to limit God that way. So as God moves on your hearts, and as you feel led to come, come knowing that this God who promised in His Word, that He would save you to the uttermost, every part of you, every cell, every feeling, every desire, every issue, that, that God we serve, Jesus, the Jesus we serve, will save you to the uttermost, every part, every concern. Nothing is too big, nothing is too small. The only thing standing between you and God right now could only be pride. If, if you truly want to receive something, the only thing stopping you would be yourself. You would somehow get in the way. But you're not good enough. You never will be. You haven't prayed enough because everybody in Africa prayed 15, 20 hours a day. So are you going to compare yourselves to them? People have been saved longer than you. People have lived better lives than you. Are you going to compare yourself to them? Are you going to lose yourself? If any man is to come after me, he can't come. Are you going to come to Jesus based only on the simple fact that he told you to come? And if you come forward, I'm asking that you leave yourself in the seat. And you come just a yielded vessel. So... Do you want to sing, Jess? Just for those who aren't going to be one on prayer, you can just sing.